You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not already. We have two episodes that drop in your earbuds and car speakers or wherever you listen every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And by subscribing, you make sure you never miss an episode. Okay, friend. You are in for a treat today. This conversation is freaking gas and fire. Like it gets lit up in here today. If you are an entrepreneur, and that includes wannabe entrepreneurs still on your journey of starting your own business, or for all of our multi-passionate entrepreneur friends, listen to this episode. Today, we got to talk with the incredible Keisha Fitzgerald. And if you are not familiar with her, Keisha is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, speaker, podcaster, and CEO who's on a mission to help women unapologetically share their voice and message with the world. She is host of the top-rated podcast, Empower Her, with over 5 million downloads and the founder and CEO of She Goes Company. Our chat with Keisha today is literally jam-packed with mic drop moments. Evie and I were just literally having to bite our tongues the entire time not to be shouting, yes, every two seconds. Today's conversation is all about knowing when to pivot, pause, and push when it comes to your side hustle, your business, or your dream. Keisha shares her own journey on pivoting and recognizing when it's time for something new. And she just shares so many tangible ways for you to recognize those seasons for yourself and how to have the courage and confidence to embrace that pivot. She then shares the balance of seasons of push and of pause and how to know when your business needs each one and how to go about embracing the go and the slow. (laughs) Keisha camps out also on talking about how to find fulfillment and joy in all seasons of business and the journey, not just the milestone moments. And literally my mouth was on the floor. I was praise hands in the whole time. She just dropped some powerhouse truths that you're going to want to write down and remember daily. And this episode just seriously has so much goodness, such a goldmine of encouragement, truth, and tangible information that all of us entrepreneurs and dreamers can take away. So we promise you'll walk away with so much clarity and excitement for your business. So without further ado, I'll stop talking so we can get to welcoming Keisha on the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Keisha, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so excited to have you on. I am so pumped to be here with you girls. Let's do this. I yes. Love it. Well, Lindsay and I were talking, and I mean, we even shared this with you before we pressed record, but like you host the Empower Her podcast. You guys have like, 5 million downloads. Uh, you host live personal growth events for females. You are a podcast growth coach. You are bubbly and energetic as heck. Like, how have we not connected before? Like, how are we not? Like, this is kindred spirit energy here. And this is the first time we are like meeting and chatting person to person. So we are solving that today. Um, yes. So we know our audience will love you. So do you want to share a little bit with our listeners? Like, who are you? Uh, what do you do? I know I kind of touched on some of it, but you want to share some more and kind of how you got to where you are today? 
Yeah. So I feel like a lot of your listeners will connect with my story and that I did the thing that I thought that I was supposed to do. And when I got there, I looked around and it felt completely unaligned and I didn't really know why. Mm. <laughs> so I went to college, got my job, started working my way up the corporate ladder. And because we become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group, my then boyfriend, now husband, and all my girlfriends from college, like they all had this path that they were on. And it was like, no, Keisha, this is just like what we do. Like, you know, this is what work is like. And because I was in a really good situation, like I actually had really good income and um, good managers and I had, you know, pretty awesome career trajectory. I really struggled with the fact that like on paper, it all made sense. But internally, I had this like gut feeling, this like visceral reaction that something wasn't aligned for me. And I think intuitively, I always knew that I was supposed to be an entrepreneur. And at this point, like eight years into being a full-time entrepreneur, I don't think I'm even like employable anymore. Because <laughs> I'm like <laughs> all over the place. Um, Preach. But... <laughs> But I think, um, you know, what I had to do was kind of honor that gut feeling instead of wishing it away, right? Because like when it's uncomfortable and your body's almost like telling you it's time to make a change, so often we want to shove it down because as humans, we're designed to want to stay in our familiar thought patterns. So like, you know, our brains are wired to keep us safe and protect us in these familiar thoughts that we thought over and over and over again. Um, so to make a big leap didn't feel aligned for me, but I did decide to start something on the side, which I know a lot of women in your community can connect with and a couple mm -hmm. of guys that are maybe listening in. <laughs> and, you know, so I started my first business was actually in January of 2014, which was in network marketing. And at the time I was living in Seattle, my boyfriend got into my now husband, but he was a boyfriend at the time, got into NYU dental school. So I started working at Google and I was building my business before and after work, um, totally supporting both of us while we lived in New York City. And that business took off and it was really like an opportunity cost situation uh, for me to leave my job and built a massive community doing that, learned a lot. And then a couple years into it, it didn't feel aligned again. But this time it was even more confusing because on paper, it made a lot of sense. And I was making great income. I was getting to speak to audiences of like 10, 12,000 at big conventions and getting to do all this really cool stuff. But I still was like, there's something else that I'm supposed to be doing. This isn't it. So I started my podcast, Empower Her, at the end of 2018 with the goal of just kind of bringing people along on the ride because I'm really someone who's adamant about the fact that if you're not seeing something represented the way that you think it should, it's often because you're supposed to be the representation. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like there was a lot of women in the podcasting space, like in the self-help, like education space that were like, come with me, let's figure this out together. But it felt like they were more giving advice from they had been through the experience, you know, years prior, and they could give you in, like advice from hindsight. But I wanted to know, what does it feel like when you really are just like ugly crying on your bathroom floor where you're snot and your mascara are getting together like up in your <laughs> mouth and you're like choking. You're like, oh, I suck. And then the next hour you're like, I can do anything. Like I want to hear like the transparent journey of that. So mm. I decided to kind of become that uh, when I launched Empower Her and a massive community was built around it. We thought that we were going to be doing live events. Our first live event was planned for March of 2020. Curveball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So we pivoted and it ended up being a lot of people were coming to me like, Kish, you know, I want to start a podcast. Can you teach me how to do it? So I built a course while 
people were going through the course. So I sold the course before it was built, built it in real time. And that then turned into building out another program to help women that are in the podcasting space, like grow, scale, and monetize. I've done membership communities, merch. Now we're planning our first massive women's event. I speak all the time. Like it's evolved into this like massive career of all these different silos, but it's really at the root of like, when my body for me, which is very visceral, is telling me something's not aligned, I'm just brave enough to make the change knowing that I'm going to suck at the beginning, but I'm going to keep putting my reps in until I get better. And that's kind of how I got here. <laughs> oh my I gosh. I love it. I resonate with so much of everything that you said. We also uh, had an event planned for October of 2020. So I relate to the uh, <laughs> issue of postponement. twists. <laughs> yeah, the plot twist. Um, okay. I love your entire story. So kind of, I want to kind of back up again to the first time that you went, I mean, did you have a normal, like quote unquote, normal job before you started your side hustle? You said it was a network marketing and, yeah. and what was the navigator? What was the balance? I can't, I, I, my words are confusing. Um, yeah. what was the journey of navigating out of that balance as you started to grow that side hustle for the first time? Yeah. So my first or the job that I had when I built that business was in IT project management and engineering recruiting. So I was like in this mode where I was doing what Brene Brown would say, like hustling for your worthiness, where mm-hmm. I was honestly like not qualified for my job. <laughs> like I was working with men that were 20 years older than me in the IT space. And <laughs> I was just trying to learn so much on the fly. And I actually really liked it because it was a lot of growth, but it, I just knew that it wasn't my thing for forever. So when I got into network marketing, it wasn't actually for another stream of income. It was for another stream of fulfillment mm-hmm. where I also wanted to learn at the time I was like 24 years old and I wanted to learn how to be more myself, which sounds kind of weird, but when you're in a job and a lot of people listening in can connect with this, where you have to be a watered down version of you because of your job, where I'm overseeing these IT projects and I'm like a very bubbly, like kind of scattered, you know, outgoing extrovert. So I had to really like funnel that energy in and it just didn't feel aligned. So I'm like, well, what if I started this business and I had never done anything on social media, really? I didn't know anything about network marketing, but I was like, well, what if one of my goals with building this business is I've got this human goal of trying to peel back the layers and be more transparent about who I am and just slowly kind of like crank up the volume on being more honest and raw through social media, like I am when I'm with my girlfriends, like behind closed doors, like the goofy, weird side of me, like, let me just try and slowly start to show that. And it was an evolution, um, but I was really working on that business before and after work. And um, I started to just really focus on like confidence building because I think that's at the root of anything. Like in entrepreneurship, whether it's a side hustle or you're a full-time entrepreneur, your podcaster, blogger, putting out content into the world, a lot of women listening into the show, it's like... If you think about the basis of all of this, you are in the most massive opportunity to build confidence. And I think of confidence like it's a bucket. So every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself and do the thing that you said that you're going to do after the feeling that you said it and is gone, it's like you're putting a deposit into that bucket, right? Like, blah, 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 blah. You know, and for sake (laughs) of this analogy, it's like, you know, if Sally Sue T93 on Instagram or like your aunt or your sister-in-law says that your idea is stupid, it feels like somebody's like smacking the side of your bucket and a little mm. bit of confidence sloshes out because you're a human. And as much as we can say like blinders on, like screw what everybody else thinks about you, like ignore the naysayers. We're designed to want to belong in community. So it's okay if you care what you know other people think. It's just, I hope that you just care what you think most yeah. and that you're taking advice 
from people that are actually in the game doing the thing that you want to do because people can only give advice from their own experience. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think for me, it was really focused on what is the micro things that I need to do, like on a micro scale, what are the tiny little things that are easy to do, but are also easy not to do that I'm going to build when I'm building this business before and after work. And then what's the macro vision that feels really, really far away that I know I'm not yet the person who can accomplish that vision. And when I think about it or want to say it out loud, it kind of makes me want to pee myself because it's like, (laughs) um, what's that vision? And I kind of just toggled between micro focus of win the day, macro vision of where do I want to go? And then I just kind of dance that, that dance and slowly, but surely it started to build. And I think people really connected with the fact that I wasn't trying to pretend like my ish was all together because Mm -hmm. I think especially now we're so tired of like carefully curated, like, look how amazing my business is and my marriage and look at how perfect all the, like, no, we know there's weird stuff going on behind closed doors. Like let's be more transparent about it. And I think that's really what was a secret sauce for me, um, Mm. in my first business and now to this day, actually. I love that. Well, okay. I have a question on almost the flip side because Lindsay asked about like, you know, in the beginning, kind of juggling the two things. I want to talk for a second about the pivots that you've made because those are, there's some big pivots, like both in the beginning of like, you were in a field, it sounds like doing really well with a good team and like, like you had a good seat. And you chose to stand up, walk away and find a new seat. And you did that again in your network marketing job. Um, Do you want to talk about that just a tiny bit more of like almost pivoting when things look really good on paper, but it doesn't feel aligned for yourself? Like, what would you say to a listener right now? Who's like, oh my gosh, I feel that. Like, I didn't realize that's what I was feeling. I am feeling that right now. What would you say to her? Yeah. I I think the first question to ask ourselves is, have you done the thing long enough, like been at the company or been building that business long enough to actually have enough data that you know, right? Like, cause like Mm -hmm. intuitively, you know, and that's different for every single person. Like some people can get into something and they know right away. I'm that type of person where I can start something and right away, I'm, I know if I like it or I don't, it's not about if I'm good at it, I'm not going to be good at it when I first start. Like nobody's (laughs) good at anything when they first start. I mean, I remember my first podcast. I'm like, why am I sweating in all these places? (laughs) I'm like, why is this so weird? But first I think it's like really asking yourself, like, do you have enough data? Because what I don't want to have anyone do is quit something and then have this regret of like, could have, would have, should have wonder what would have happened if I would have went more in on it. Like, have I done it for long enough with, with enough oomph to mm-hmm. really feel like I gave it a good go. And I think it's even like asking yourself, like, do you feel like you're going to have regrets if you quit that thing now? And if you know for certain, then it's time for you. And you're the only person that can answer that question. And it's hard because, you know, so often we're in the situation where we're setting goals or we do, we're doing things based off of external pressures. Like we think mm-hmm. that we should want that goal or we should be doing that at this stage of life, this season in our business, the age that we're at, like w- whatever it is. And it's like, we don't take the time to actually ask ourselves, is this something that I want? Or is this something that I think I should want? Because if you go mm-hmm. down that path of building something that you think that you should want, but intuitively, you know that it's not aligned. What I don't want you to have is resentment for other people that you lived their version of what success was, mm-hmm. right? Or that, or that you're just like, why did I waste so much time? Because 
say you do muscle through it and you keep going because you're telling yourself like, this is what, what you want, even though intuitively you're shoving down that feeling that's telling you, you know, it's not aligned, right? For anyone that's even asking themselves that question, they, they know it's not aligned most often, but they're just scared to make a change because again, yeah. we're not wired for that change because change also means loss, which means the grief that comes from it. Even if you know it's a good decision, as humans, we're so more, so much more likely to stay in something comfortable because it's known rather mm. than jumping into something that's unknown. But yeah. truly, I think for me, I like to kind of play it out of, you know, what do I want to be doing a year from now? And not just like what it sounds like, what I want my title to be or what I want my income to be or anything like that. But like, what do I want my Tuesday to feel like, Yeah, you know, a year from now? And is what I'm doing now getting me closer to it or further from it? Because we're never actually staying stagnant. Mm -hmm. And if you can connect the dots that what you're doing right now is actually contributing to that bigger vision, then you're going to want to keep showing up for it, right? And I think like to use my own example of like when I started the podcast, I didn't yet know what I wanted to do, but I could connect the dots between me showing up now, gifting a future version of me one year from now, more options because I was building community around my podcast. And I knew that if I had a really engaged audience that I was really transparent with, that I could then just ask them what they wanted from me. And I had this vision of doing events and, you know, impacting women in a, in a massive way, but I didn't really know like the puzzle pieces. But I think it's really like when the why is strong enough, the how just kind of figures itself out as you mm -hmm. go. Yeah. And um, so I've been really good at toggling between that future version of me and the present version of me. And honestly, to the woman who like is asking that question, is it time to make a change? And my argument would be, you know, you probably do intuitively actually know if you're quiet for a second and you kind of drowned out the noise around you, but you might be telling yourself the story of I'm not equipped to do it. And I want to remind you that, you can look to your past and maybe you've never built a business before. So you don't have this proof that you can look back on and say, see, last time I did it, it worked out, right? Like I had the mm -hmm. proof at the time that I stepped away from the network marketing business. I had the proof that I could build a business because I already did it. So I believed in my ability to figure it out. But maybe some women listening into this, you know, don't have that proof yet, but you do have proof in your prior experience of something hard that you didn't know how to navigate that you can think of right now, if you're cruising down the freeway, listening to this podcast, you can stop for a second and you can recognize there's been moments in your life where you're like, I have no idea how in the world I'm going to handle this, but your why was strong enough that you're like, I figured it out. And here you are on the other side, mm -hmm. often even better because of it. Right? That's yes. so true. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I get pivoting kind of, or not pivoting. In addition to that question, like piggybacking right off of it, we're there I don't know if red flag is maybe the term, but like a marker or a red flag in that season that made you go, oh, now it's time to start the thing or pivot or, or start the podcast or, you know, leave my nine to five to go into network marketing. Like, are there markers that you think people could pay attention to in that season when they feel like, okay, it's, it's time to go? Yeah, I think what's really important is, is honestly to go back to even like that question of picturing yourself a year from now and asking yourself if this makes sense, like if this mm. is actually aligned getting you where you want to go. Because mm -hmm. for me, I started to think more about optionality and I was building a business that while I'm a huge proponent of, we'll use the example of network marketing, 
I, I knew what my day-to-day looked like and I didn't see a way out of that for when we, you know, got married and wanted to start a family. I was like, I don't see the way out of the way that I'm building this business. I need to create a new path. And I know that it's going to take me some time to get it going because what's so interesting is, you know, a lot of times we struggle, especially probably women listening into this struggle with the idea of comparison. Like we know not to Mm -hmm. compare ourselves to other people. We're told that all the time. I'm sure you guys talk about it on the show. Um, but what, I've actually struggled with more than comparing myself to other people is comparing myself to a prior version of myself when Mm. the circumstances were different, right? That's good. That's a word. So, I mean, so it's like, right? Like when you're at the top of your game, like I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I had a role that a lot of people would, in a team that a lot of people would have been like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I was getting to speak on all these cool stages. But I still knew that it wasn't going to get me the optionality that I wanted for the future. So I had to make a change, but then I had to go back from being really awesome at something because I have done it for so long. I'd put my reps in, right? Because at first you suck and you keep putting your reps and you get good. If you keep going and want to master your craft, you're going to get great eventually. Um, But I had to leave that comfort to go back to now I'm going to build my own business. And while the confidence was transferable and some of the skills were transferable, I still had to have a day one. And Mm -hmm. at the beginning stage, when it feels like you're pushing a gigantic monster truck tire up a hill and you're doubting yourself and you don't really have a lot of belief in your ability to figure out this type of a business, if it's brand new to you, it's really easy to default to looking back to what the circumstances were like in that prior version of you when you were at the top of your game. And I think this this applies to even women that are switching to a different company, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. you're in marketing right now, but you're switching to a new business and you have a brand new team, you still have to learn that new team in those dynamics. You don't know like who to call an HR or like where to get your stapler. Like you don't know how to do any of that stuff (laughs) when you're brand new. But I think what's hard is we don't give ourselves that grace. So underneath this idea of, is it time for me to pivot is often this belief of, I don't have what it takes. Or it's this belief of like, gosh, but everything is really good. It would just be so much easier to stay. So maybe I'll just keep trying to convince myself that this is aligned and smush down that uncomfortable feeling. But I then want to go back to, is this giving you the type of optionality or fulfillment? Is this giving you the type of growth that you want as a human? Because if it's not, then maybe that is your signal of like, when you play it all out, does it actually make sense? Or do you Mm. think that it should make sense and you want it to make sense? because you've been doing it for a while and it's comfy. Oh, that is so good. I love, Keisha, that you talked about like, is it giving you the fulfillment, the growth and the like optionality or flexibility that you want? And you didn't talk about like, is it making the income that you want? Are you feeling like all the happy feelings? Because I think even within you know, entrepreneurship, especially there are ups and downs to it. Like there are seasons Mm -hmm. where you feel on top of the world and there are seasons where you're like, oh, I am like, like you said, like rolling the freaking tractor tire up the hill and it's work. But is it, is that a growth season or is that, you know, you're getting fulfillment, even though it's like hard and it's gritty. And I love that that was just your definition of like, am I where I'm supposed to be? I think that's so beautiful and so rich. So That was just a side note. (laughs) I love this conversation. I love talking about, you know, just things that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about of, you know, everything can look great on paper and you can be making all the money or, you know, at the dream job that people want or in a successful entrepreneurship company that you started that, and you sometimes get to a place where you're like, something needs to be different. Yeah. 
But I, I want to almost talk, I'm curious for you if this like ties into it. Do you want to talk about like pausing for a second? Because I feel like as entrepreneurs, this is like one of the hardest things, especially people who are very like driven. There is a lot of stuff going on in our businesses and our lives. And it just, it's very easy for us to like have the hustle mentality, which Lindsay and I, I'm curious of your thoughts on this. Lindsay and I do not agree with the villainization of hustle that I think Mm -hmm. is in the, in the entrepreneur space right now. However, it's also, we don't agree with the glorification of it. Like there, there's a balance. That's why our whole podcast is called like heart and hustle. Like it's, it's the two together that have to be there. Um, but I think it's very easy for us to fall into hustle only. And I'm curious uh, for you, for the person listening to this, who's like, okay, I think it's time for a shift or I think it's time for my side hustle to either go full-time or to pull back, like to let go, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person on like pausing in general? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think it's really important to kind of give yourself the space to ask yourself the questions of what is it that I actually want? Because so often we're adopting beliefs from other people that we haven't even taken the time to slow down because we are hustling so quickly because we live in this instant gratification over stimulus culture. Mm-hmm. And we have this narrative told to us of getting there more quickly means that it's better. And I actually don't agree with that, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm with you guys on like, there's a balance of everything. But what I think could actually be a really scary spot to be in is that you hustle so hard to get where you want to go without any sort of alignment that you get there. And not only do you not want it, which is is a problem, but it's also, you know, that you can just change your mind. What, what I'm scared of is that you look back at the path that you took towards getting there and you don't feel like it was worth it. So you throw mm. in the towel proactively there. And not only does that have you not reaching for what that bigger goal is, but you're also robbing your yourself of the fulfillment and joy, but you're robbing other people of the example that they need to see from someone in your exact situation with your exact, you know, things that you identify as flaws or weaknesses, or you're an introvert, so you can't do this or blah, 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 whatever you're telling yourself. That's like the reasons you can't do it. Somebody needs to see your testimony of what's possible for them too, so they can borrow belief from you. And so if we go through this pattern of hustling in order to get there, you know, putting our relationships on the back burner and our health on the back burner and, and just doing this because we want people to clap for us when we get there. Um, I think a lot of misalignment happens and we actually don't get to our biggest potential of what it is that we want to do. And my guess would be a lot of women listening into this podcast. And I'm sure you two as well can connect to this idea that like you have a big vision of where you want to go, right? Like we were talking about Mm -hmm. that it might be so big that it scares you because you're like, I literally don't even know how I'm going to get there. And I think so often when we're in something and we've decided like, we're going to make this change, like we can get ourselves pumped at the beginning. We're like, okay, maybe I'm going to start something new. We do have to have that internal pause to get clear about like clear about what that macro vision is because we have this big distance between where we are now and where we want to go. If we're very ambitious big thinking women. So we've got to be cautious about how we label that space because it is a big distance, right? We can label it as overwhelming. We can say, I'm never going to get there. We can say, I wish I got there faster. We can do the thing where we look at everybody else and we think that they have something that we don't and we're not qualified and somehow they are and spend all of this time looking at them actually working, wondering why they're further along. And we're just like watching them work. Like, I mean, that's the reality. So what I like to think about is what if you just decided you're going to pause 
you're going to actually ask yourself some questions about like, what is it that I really want? If nobody else's opinion mattered and I could be doing anything, if Oprah was like, Hey girl, I'm going to fund your dreams. Like what's your dream? I'm sure you could come up with something. Otherwise she's like, you got two minutes or I'm going to yank this money and I'm not going to fund your dreams. You could come up with something. We like to say, we don't know what, because that is so socially accepted by society that it gives you this placeholder for you to stay in an action. And then in action, hurts you because then you do this analysis paralysis thing, right? Versus Mm -hmm. action gives you clarity. So instead, I would challenge you to pause for a second, get that alignment, ask yourself those tricky questions of like what it is that I actually want and slow down enough to think about it and then decide. I don't want that big vision yet. And I can say this from my own experience that the big things that I want to do, I don't want them to just be dropped into my lap, instantly given to me because... Mm. I can't actually maintain it, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not the person who has enough belief in myself to handle those big visions. To give you an example, you know, I work with a lot of podcasters, especially women that are, you know, wanting to grow their, their shows and whatnot. So I was doing a live call with about 30 of them on there. And I was like, how many of you guys would love to have a million downloads a month on your podcast. And these are, you know, newer podcasters. And they're like, yes, Kaish, like, I would love that. And like the whole chat's going wild. And I was like, interesting, because just for sake of reference, Empower Her has about 250,000 downloads a month right now. And I told them, I don't want a million downloads a month yet on my show. Keyword is yet. Not that I don't believe that I can do it, but I don't want it yet because I'm not yet the person who can handle that amount of ears on me. Because Mm -hmm. what happens is as your brand grows and your business grows, so do some people that don't align with you or think that you're too much or have negative commentary to say. And that's okay. That's part of it, right? Like with every goal that you have, you're also picking the problems associated with that goal. And I'm always going to pick the problem of some people not getting me rather than the problem of being in my corporate job, having this gut feeling that there was more for me and that I was trying to shove that down. That problem sucked. So I'll pick the other (laughs) problem. But I have to recognize that I actually need this space between where I am now and where I want to go as my qualification period so I can build up the confidence to be able to handle that type of feedback. So I can build up the infrastructure of my team and my business on the back end so that I can actually support it. And the reason I say that is because we're constantly thinking we have to get there more quickly. But with that pause comes that alignment where you can understand that the process is actually necessary to qualify you to maintain it. And I don't say that to scare you of like, you can't handle your big vision, but I just say like, stop worrying about if you can handle it and just understand you can't yet, but Mm -hmm. you will by putting your reps in and making progress in the right direction and getting really focused on the process rather than just the outcome. Like, who am I going to become in pursuit of it? How can I stop with like little tiny milestones along the way to celebrate and give myself these massive deposits in my confidence bucket? And I think it it starts with the pause because if you're not excited about the big vision, you're not going to do all of this mindset work to start to really analyze and take inventory on your thoughts and make sure that they're actually conducive towards your growth Mm -hmm. because it's hard work and it's not sexy, but it's necessary. (laughs) You know? Okay, I'm going to need every <laughs> single person that is listening to this to hit like the the back 30, back 15, whatever on everything that she just said and listen to it again. You just, Keisha, you dropped 5 million mic drop moments in that entire thing. I, I'm literally like unwell. Okay, hold on. <laughs> We are so excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Did you know that Evie and I are not in fact recording this podcast in the same location? 
Wild, right? But if you didn't know, we don't live in the same city or not even in the same state. And in order to record with each other as well as guests for the show, we needed to find a way to record remotely. Enter Zencaster. Every episode of this show, we've recorded remotely using Zencaster. And in our experience, it is by far the best in the podcasting industry. Yes, Zencaster's all in one web based solution just makes the whole podcasting process so quick and painless. We seriously swear by them. I mean, if you know us, you know that we are obsessed with simplicity and quality. And Zencaster provides all of that with crystal clear audio that records each person's audio separately, which makes editing episodes a billion times easier. You can also record gorgeous HD video in addition, which is huge. Not to mention, it is easy to use even for our guests that aren't that tech savvy. There is nothing to download. They just just click on the link and we start recording. If you want to use the best podcasting platform in the world, we cannot recommend Zencaster enough. Use the link zen.ai forward slash the heart hustle pod to get 30% off your first three months. And if that link was kind of long, then the link will also be in the show notes. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. <laughs> HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. I have to gather myself because I love what you just said about like not wanting to get to the milestone moment, but without all the work that it takes. Like so many of us like, oh, we want to hit six figures or, and then we want to hit seven figures. Oh, we want a hundred K followers on Instagram. And it's like, if we just got all of that tomorrow, we wouldn't appreciate it mm-hmm. as near as much as if we would have worked for it along the way and, and tried and failed and learned and grew and all of the things. So thank you, first of all, for just saying all of that. And that might be a little bit of the answer to the next question that I have. But for somebody out there that is currently maybe feeling like they need to pause on their side hustle or, or business or whatever, because they feel like a failure because it's not taking off in the way that they'd like, what encouragement would you give to that listener right now? Yeah. So I think often we say failure. And what we really mean by that is we're like, we're afraid of other people watching us fail, thinking that they're going to make that mean something about us. And in reality, you don't learn everything if it's rainbows, butterflies, and everything's going your way. Like you learn and you build character and grit and resilience, and you learn how resourceful you are when you like fall down and, you know, you quote unquote fail and you have to get yourself back up. And I think the actual goal as an entrepreneur, if you want to play this game for 
you know, this game of life in this space, you have to get so good at picking yourself back up again and building up that resilience that like you actually need to have this failure moment where you can say, hold on, what am I learning here? How can I grow through this? What are the skills like challenging yourself to say, like, what am I learning that I could not have possibly learned that could serve me as a human and as an entrepreneur because of this perceived failure? And, and while you're, while you're thinking about that, you need to just kind of squash this idea that other people are so concerned with watching you fail because we often are worried about what quote unquote they think. But if I actually ask you who they is, you probably don't even actually know who they are, <laughs> but you're worried what they think about you. But in reality, humans are actually very self-absorbed. Like mm-hmm. we care what is going on in our life. You're not, they're not actually watching you as much as you think that they are. And I think that can actually be just a really powerful gift to give yourself is just like take that pressure and weight off your shoulders and understand that there are certain skills that you cannot possibly learn when everything feels like it's smooth sailing. Yeah. And I also really challenge you to think, you know, we often set goals because, you know, we say we want the goal, but what we really want from my perspective is the feeling that we think that we're going to get from accomplishing that goal. So I would challenge you to say like, what if this is actually needed for me to learn something that's actually going to make me able to, again, maintain that goal when I actually get there. And Mm -hmm. if I didn't learn this now, uh, it would more, it would spontaneously combust then when the business is bigger. Cause like, there's a lot of those like early failures that I'm like, Oh my gosh, like things that I've even like messed up recently. I'm like, I'm so glad this happened now versus way down the road. Like one thing that's really random that just popped into my head is maybe episode around like 10 on my show, I did a whole podcast about Roger Fediman, or I think that's his name, who ran the four minute mile. The entire episode, I talked about how like blown away I was that he ran the six minute mile. I was like, can you believe like six minute mile? And (gasps) I had my husband listen to it. And he was like, Kesh, like, you know that like I could run a six minute mile. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that, and like, of course I wouldn't care if that actually happened now. Like I, I'm a lot more confident than I was back then. But I remember being like, I'm glad that very few people actually heard that compared to now when thousands of people would hear <laughs> oh that and be like, girl, God. this is your Jessica Simpson chicken of the sea moment. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just think like sometimes like we just are, we're our own you know, we're our own biggest critics and play it out. You've got two options. Do you want to be more scared of failure or do you want to be more scared of regret? I'm going to pick the one that's going to light a fire under my butt to take action, which is I do not want to get to the end of my TBD amount of days here, which should have, would have, could have, wondering what would have happened if I actually went for it because I played based off of, you know, playing it safe, hoping that I could have everything be quote unquote perfect. So I wouldn't be subjected to other people's judgment. It's like, uh, no, no matter what you do, some people aren't going to vibe with you. And I just think like, we've got to make it all just a little bit more fun Mm -hmm. and understand the journey that we're in of like character building is crucial. So you can handle life's curveballs too. Yes. Oh, that is so good. I think that's so important too, as entrepreneurs, like you just, you, I don't know if this is the word you beautified, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you like made beautiful the journey and the in-between. And I think that's so important because I think it's so easy for us as driven people, as dreamers, as people with, with big ideas, as people who love doing things and making a difference and setting goals and achieving them. It's very easy for us to glorify and like idolize and like just focus on the end goal on Mm -hmm. the result and 
the reality is the journey can and should be just as beautiful as like those accomplishment moments. And the reality is, which I know we've all probably talked about a million times, the once you hit one goal, it's never going to feel the like completion that you think you're going to feel when you hit a certain number or a certain goal. Or yes, you successfully launched this company. You're not, never going to feel like, oh, I've arrived. I've made it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I can just sit back and do nothing for the rest of my life now. Like that's not how we were designed. That's not how we are built. And so if we're focused on the end goal 24-7 and we constantly hit these numbers and then feel dissatisfied, or at least not the sense of like utter fulfillment, we are finished, everything is done now, that we somehow trick ourselves into thinking or subconsciously believe... Like it's the journey and the in-between that's going to truly make all of life and all of business like enjoyable. We have to enjoy the journey to get there and appreciate where we are, not just where we want to be. Just yes to that. (laughs) Because because honestly, like if we are chasing the feeling that we think that we're going to get when we accomplish the goal, wouldn't a more powerful question be to be like, wait a second, how can I get some of that feeling now? Yeah. Which is why, you know, Pinterest and like we can see all these quotes of like, fine, join the journey. And, and I understand that it sounds fluffy, but it's actually practical. Yeah. If you need to have more confidence as an entrepreneur to believe in your ability to figure things out, you have got to give yourself opportunities along the way with these little tiny wins to put massive deposits in your confidence bucket. But if you're waiting till some end goal, you're robbing yourself of all of that confidence building along the way. Yeah. And you, you need it because life is going to be hard sometimes. Like being a human is hard sometimes, let alone when you're also an entrepreneur having your best day and your worst day in the same hour. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, so like, I just think we need to gift ourselves a, a, a path that's going to be worthwhile. And again, it's like, it's reminding yourself that easy does rob you of proud because mm-hmm. if it's gifted to you, like poof, a genie just gave it to you. You're like, Really? Was that what I actually wanted? Because I think what you wanted was the pride of knowing that you earned it. Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, Keisha, I freaking love this conversation. I love everything that you're saying. I would actually kind of love to ask the opposite now and focus on not seasons of pausing, but actually of pushing instead. Because I, again, like what Evie said earlier of just like, we automatically think that the mentality of hustle is bad, right? And so hustle and pushing are kind of the same thing. What are your thoughts on seasons of push or, mm-hmm. or like, when do you think it's valuable to push in your business? Yeah. So I think what, when I think of seasons of push, I think of aligned focused effort in the right direction, right? Like those tiny little things that are easy to do and are also easy not to do. You're figuring out what are those tasks on a regular basis, right? So I like to think of it like, what's your cake, your top three things that are going to move the needle forward. Everything else is sprinkles on top. Give yourself a layup to kind of get that dopamine going, like those deposits into your bucket and um, start to, to align if you're at the beginning of a push season. And so often, so many women that I talk to, it's like they go to bed at the end of the day with this massive to-do list that Beyonce and her entire team couldn't do. And they constantly <laughs> feel like they're failing and they're digging at their own confidence, right? Mm-hmm. So, so at the beginning of a push season, I want you to think about like, okay, what are those like tiny little things that I could do today to start getting the ball moving, like get that momentum going in the right direction? And then think about like, what's kind of my minimum baseline of how I want to show up? 
right? Like what are the things that I need to do to maintain my business? So when you start to think about it, like you're in a season of pushing, you're just cranking the volume up a little bit. It doesn't have to feel like this massive plan. Cause I think sometimes we accidentally get ourselves really overwhelmed in a season of pushing where we're like, ah, like now I need to do all the things. It's like, you're not just going to start posting reels. You're now going to do TikTok and LinkedIn. You're on Pinterest. (laughs) It's like, what in the world? It's like, Focus on layering in your, even in your push season. Like, okay, let me focus on getting this thing down and then treat it like you're layering a cake. So you're adding that next layer to it. Right? Like, mm. don't be like the cheesecake factory menu where you have like 800 million things that you're doing and there's no <laughs> way you can do it that well. Right? Like, it's just like layer it on. Mm-hmm. And even in a season of push, you still have to go back to two things that I think are really powerful always, which is what are my boundaries? Because remember, if you don't know what your boundaries are, people are going to be overstepping your boundaries and not even know that they're doing it. And you're going to get really freaking annoyed. Mm -hmm. So you need to know what are your boundaries? When are you on and when are you off? Because even in seasons of push, you still can have alignment and fulfillment and joy in your life and fun and unplug time. You can do that in a season of push. But you also might then have to go back to this idea that you might be telling yourself, especially if there's any women that are listening in that struggle with people-pleasing tendencies, that you might be trying to wear busy like a badge of honor and saying, I can take that on. I can take that on. I don't need to ask anyone for help. And to that, I want to challenge you this. How much are you robbing yourself of if you're trying to take it all on? Because something is giving, right? Like your life is like a pizza pie. Like you only have so many slices. So what's, what are you, what are you giving up to say yes to that thing and add it to your already full plate? Because Mm -hmm. We know how fulfilling it is. I feel like every one of your listeners can connect with this. Like, you know how deeply, like, just like, it feels so good when you get to help someone. Like, it, yeah. it's like the best feeling in the world. Yet you're telling yourself that your mother-in-law or your friend or your sister or whatever, who's offering to help you because you have a lot on your plate right now. And you're saying no, because you want to wear busy, like a badge of honor. Well, you're robbing her of the fulfillment and joy that you know, you get when you help people that she could get if she got to help you. So why don't you challenge your own perspective on your own boundaries. Ask yourself if you have any in the first place. If you're telling yourself the narrative that during a push season, it's going to feel super chaotic. Will it sometimes feel like you are pushing a gigantic monster truck tire up a hill and you're ugly crying and you're like wearing flip-flops or something that just feels really (laughs) messy? Yes. Yes, it will feel like that. That's normal. And I think we need to normalize that like it's hard sometimes, but we don't have to like kick ourselves while we're down in a down season of telling ourselves that we have to be alone in this. We can ask for help. We can raise our hand and say like, Hey, like I would love some support around this. And we can reframe it in a way that actually feels really awesome is like, I don't want to rob someone else of the feeling of getting to help me. So Mm -hmm. I am actually going to ask for help. And then I also think there's a lot of power when you're in a push season of recognizing that that doesn't mean that you don't have people around you that actually could support you from helping you get there in a more aligned way, but they have to know what you're working on, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you're working on a goal, you might have someone that's in your community right now that literally has the secret sauce that can help you do it in a more aligned, simple way, but you're trying to just like, like muscle through it because you're afraid to say what you're working on because you think that because you're not there yet, you're not qualified. It's like, let people help you along the way and cast the vision of what it is that you're working on. So people know how they can support you. Mm. And, you know, there's so like my, my husband just left being a full-time dentist because it didn't feel aligned for him anymore to jump into the entrepreneurial space. And he's 
getting into real estate investing. And he, if you guys are familiar with Enneagram, do you guys know Enneagram at all? Yes. Okay. What are you guys? Uh, I'm a seven. And I'm a three. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm a seven and my husband's a three. So oh, that, um, not to not to be biased, but that duo combo is amazing. Yes. So, you know, so him as a three is very achievement focused. And he's like, I don't want to share what I'm doing until I get there. And I'm like, dude, pull back the curtain and like people want to help you. You can make this process even more enjoyable if you just say, hey, I'm getting into the investing space. Is there anyone that I can learn from, that I can soak up knowledge from? And I cannot even tell you how many people came out of the woodworks to support <laughs> Cena, my husband's name, Cena, um, to support him with this vision because he was brave enough to say, I don't know it all yet, but I'm in pursuit. Like, who yeah. wants to who wants to be part of this journey? But if you yeah. hold your dreams too close or you're too scared to say it out loud, nobody can help you. And you might be someone who's going to be willing to give up on yourself. And that's tough. And I don't want that for you, but sometimes we do that. Yeah. But when you get more skin in the game and you enroll other people in your vision, it's bigger than you and it's much more difficult to give up. Mm-hmm. So how can you do that in a push season, especially? Tell people what you're working on get that accountability, get that skin in the game and ask for more help because people want to help you. Don't tell Mm. yourself the story that they don't. Well, so good. I think it's very, so important too, as like, I don't know, like as entrepreneurs, but also just as human beings, it's very easy to feel like, I don't want people to think that I'm failing and that I can't do it on my own. Well, it's like, honey, none of us can do it on our own. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that humility aspect, like setting our egos aside and being like, okay, I could maybe fight through and do this on my own, but realistically, how much more fulfilling and enjoyable and beautiful and, you know, bigger of a picture will this be if I invite other people into it? And ironically, I feel like I relate a lot to your husband in that I am, I, I love sharing my goals and stuff with my inner circles, but I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily love sharing it with the whole world. Um, so I'm interested that's that's like a yes, yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I want to share everything with everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it's also come back to like a core motive too of like if you've decided that sharing it with other people is because then they can watch you be that person and you identify with the person that's being a go-getter and you want people to identify you that way, that might yep. be the motive mm, of it. There right? it is. There's my three coming out. <laughs> like love- that's the three thing versus like yes. a step it is more like if it's not fulfill, if it's not fun, like I don't really want to do it. So if I feel like it's not going to be fun to call my shot on this and maybe that's your story, right? It's like, okay, if I don't, if I don't want to, if I call my shot on this, then I'm committed to it. And then I feel stuck in it. Yeah. literally going to say, I feel like as a seven with that fear of like being controlled or being trapped, mm-hmm. like I, I don't like sharing my big goals because there are times when I'll start something and really dive in. And then I'm like, you know what? This doesn't feel aligned or I'm not, I don't think I really want to pursue this. And what I never want to do is feel like I'm now stuck in it. Or I think there's also a part of me, I've watched multiple entrepreneurs who like will share the things that they're going to do. And then a month later, they're like, actually, I'm not going to do that. Now I'm going to do this. And then like two Mm -hmm. months later, they're like, actually, I'm not going to do that. And I hate it so much seeing (laughs) that. So I think for me, I'm like, no, no, no. I will share it with my close people who can be supporting me, but I'm not going to tell the world until like this is happening and it's it's in progress slash like we are getting into the final stretch. (laughs) Well, it's the dichotomy of the seven, which is so weird of like, I want to be fun and free, but I also want to be taken seriously. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's that like those two things together at one time that's like, ooh, well, I don't know that I'm doing this, but what my reframe on that is like, 
I find so much joy in the journey of it. And I think that it's it's back to even why I mentioned at the beginning why I started my podcast is, you know, if it's not being represented the way that you think it should, it's because you're supposed to be the representation. So I'm yeah. over here calling my shot on things and then starting to normalize the conversation around changing your mind and that that's part of evolution. So I'm like, I will boldly start going in this direction. Then I'll tell you what I learned. And if I chose to pivot, I don't perceive it as flaky. It's more like, look, I'm showing you how like fluid life can feel and yeah. how fun that can be, right? That, so, that's good. And, that's a word. Yeah. I love that you guys are three and seven combo. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm so biased because like, I mean, I, I literally like married my favorite three. Um, but that We're a combo, good combo. Is, you guys are for real. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Keisha, thanks for chatting with us today. This has been so freaking fun. I have like kind of one final question before yeah. we get to like the wrap up. As we're talking about pushing, do you feel like there's like a, a formulaic amount of time? Because obviously burnout is very real, mm-hmm. very serious. Like we want to avoid that as entrepreneurs. We want to find that balance, that heart and hustle, like the the slow down, the push and pull, the rest. Like obviously we want to avoid burnout. Do you, Have you noticed that there's like a time frame of like, I've noticed I can push for this amount of time or my students can push for this amount of time before we really need to pull back into a pause season. Like, is there anything, any yeah. thoughts on that from you? So it's interesting. A friend of mine named Lori was on my podcast and she talked about how some people are short chapter people and some people are long chapter people. And um, as an Enneagram 7, I'm a short chapter person where like my seasons are shorter, but there's a lot of different types of seasons. And some people just have longer chapters in their book, right? And I really liked that idea in my head of like, it's it really is up to kind of where you're at in your life and understanding kind of even back to this idea of like not comparing yourself to a prior version of yourself when the circumstances were different. It's identifying like, what is my actual bandwidth right now? Like, does it actually make sense for me to be in this season right now? Is my season, you know, maybe you're navigating anxiety or grief, or you're in a major change, even if it's a good change, right? Like my husband and I just moved from Austin to Denver and we're starting a new business and we're starting another podcast together. There's a lot of change. And even though it's good change, it's still a lot of moving parts. So I had to take inventory on like, what does the season actually look like from a bandwidth perspective of what's going to actually feel good to me? And, um, it, I think it's really a personal question of just like analyzing it and just making sure that you don't have success criteria for this season that was an old season version of you. Even if it was yesterday when you weren't navigating anxiety and today that you are, your seasons could be days or your seasons could be months. I just, I don't really feel like there's a specific like universal, this is the length of time of a season. I think it's really just, you know, taking a second for ourselves to pause, even back to that idea of like pausing and saying like, okay, what actually feels aligned for me at this point right now? And then moving from that place. That's Mm. so good. I love that answer. Incredible. All right. We have one question that we like to ask most of our guests at the end of every episode, which is kind of a lofty big question. So if you need a minute, we, you can (laughs) have that. But um, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in all your years of business? Crank it up on being me. Like, I mean, just be more myself, be more honest about like who I am, be more raw. The things that I like think are quirks are actually perks in the right people's eyes. Like, I I mm. mean, if, if I could have told my earlier self anything, it would be like, just crank the volume up on being more you because I have such a big personality. And like, obviously you'll be able to identify this with the seven personality, but like, I'm a <laughs> big personality. I've got a lot of energy. I'm a major extrovert. And there's been times where I felt like it was too much. 
And I've listened to the narrative of like, it's too much, but like, that is my secret sauce is who I am. And I know that I'm not for some people, but I am so damn right for others that I, I just, I truly think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned is like exactly who you are. Like to the the women listening into this, it's like thinking of the thing that like, you're the go-to person for that person or for people to get advice about this topic, or you're who people ask their opinion about this particular area of life, or you have this strength, like that is your actual superpower that you were gifted. And it's your job to get out of your own damn way and actually share that with the world. My energy that I wake up and I feel like it's Christmas morning every day is like not something that I'm willing to water down for anybody. Yes. And I mean, I, I, the only, I mean, I don't even really regret it because it got me here, but like, I just, I guess I wish I would have learned that earlier, but now I'm like, can't stop me now. Can't hire me. <laughs> can't put me in a cage. Like I'm, I'm just free. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amen to that. Yes. Oh support. my gosh. Keisha, you are amazing. This has been such a fun conversation. I'm so glad we finally connected. Me too. Um, I love this. The three, seven combos are my favorite. I'm just kidding. But seriously, <laughs> where can everyone find you? Everyone who's now like, I, I need some Keisha in my life. I need that energy. I need that, you know, Christmas morning wake up with <laughs> Keisha every day. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn from you, grow with you, all of all of the good stuff? Yeah. So my favorite social media platform is Instagram. It's at Keisha.Fitzgerald. I'm pretty active on stories over there and some weird reels. And <laughs> um, my podcast is called Empower Her. It's a Monday, Thursday podcast. Mondays are always pep talks. Uh, intended to light a fire under your butt while you're like taking a shower, like tossing your loof in there, whatever. That's kind of the tone with it. And then I'm actually hosting for my podcast community, my first ever live women's event. It's going to be 500 women from all across the country. We have some powerhouse keynote speakers and ways to connect and cool panels. There's also going to be a lot of podcasters there, but just women that are wanting to have their people around them that, you know, so often we can tell people our vision. They're like, oh, that's cute. Or like, good luck. Maybe you should be more realistic. It's like people in this room are going to be like, yeah, girl, let's get it. How can I help you? So Mm. that's in Phoenix, Arizona, October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. It's called Empower Her Live. And that's the thing I'm most excited about right now. Uh, Oh my gosh. Amazing. I love that. We actually just got done with our conference uh, this like last week. Is that really like wait, last week? Last oh, week. Wow. <laughs> Literally last week. I'm like still on a high. Uh, <laughs> so I'm so excited for you to, oh, I cannot wait. I cannot yeah. wait. Yay. So thank you so much, Keisha, for being here. We freaking love you. We're going to just go hang out and tell everyone to hang out with you online as well. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to give our listeners such goodness. Thank you. Oh, thank you girl so much. It was so much fun. I appreciate you both. 